We'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for February 21st, 2016. And uh, today, just we're going to be covering a variety of different current event topics. Um, starting us off with just oh, about five Bible verses, just to kind of set the tone for everything. Uh, Proverbs 3.3 3 through 3.7 reads, Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. And I think what this is saying here is, is to literally pursue mercy and truth. Because if you're not pursuing mercy and truth, particularly truth is something you have to really pursue. Mercy is something, you know, that yes, you pursue it, you have that ability. But truth is something I think you have to even more pursue, especially in today's day and age where deception is at a the highest level we've ever known most likely in the history of man. Um, <clears throat> it's just, the deception out there is just unbelievable, and it continues to grow, and, and people gobble it up, <laughs> the deception. And some of it's just so flagrantly obvious, you, you have to ask yourself, man, how, how are people falling for all of this? And... Uh, you know, the prince of this world has blinded their eyes that they cannot see. And, I, and by Satan, he's done this. So, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck, write them on the table of thine heart. So shall thy found favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. So, <clears throat> by us not letting mercy and truth forsake us, we will procure the blessing of finding favor and good understanding in the sight of God. So there's a blessing connected to it. And, and again, I think it does relate also with, with the new, new and Old Testament. You know, my children are destroyed for lack of knowledge, this type of thing. Um, lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices, pursuing truth in particular in those things. And, and then also mercy being merciful to other people because if we show no mercy we will we'll obtain no mercy according to the word of God so he was first merciful to us through salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and is every single day we live our lives because I feel like in my best day I'm still just worthy of death and hell <laughs> apart from Jesus Christ that's all I feel like I'm worthy worthy of is death and hell you know and I mean apart from Jesus Christ so, and, and it's, it's not that easy <laughs> to always want to show mercy to other people, uh, particularly in like America where so many people, you know, you get out on the road and, and the, just the unbelievably rude behavior you'll get out in public with people on the road, um, interacting with people sometimes, you know, in environments just out in the world. It's it's tough, it's tough. Um, so, but by doing so, you shall find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And it, even that, even pursuing mercy and truth, you do that through the Lord Jesus Christ. You ask Him to guide you, Him to lead you, because it isn't something we want to do where it's man centered and, and we're doing it under our own power apart from Him. And then the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, 
and lean not into thine own under, uh, unto thine own understanding. So, that is relying on the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in him. And in order to do that, you have to have faith in him. You know, you can't trust somebody you have no faith in. <laughs> and faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, according to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. So, really the foundation for so much of this always comes back to faith. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith in his word. Uh, what is his word? Thy word is truth. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. The Bible says thy word is truth. The word of God. So, um, it's all tied together. <laughs> it really is. It's all tied together. Um, and then the next verse, in all thy ways acknowledge him, which is showing him due respect, due reverence, and all thy ways acknowledge him. It's showing, showing him that this isn't something that I did. This isn't something that just happened by chance out of some random lucky venture. And all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. So there's the blessing connected with this verse is if you acknowledge him in all your ways, then he shall direct your paths, which is something we all want as Christians. You know, it's always kind of, I would think that for a lot of people, I know it is for me, it's always in the back of my mind, I'm wanting God to direct my paths. I'm wanting to know what he wants me to do in a given situation. And I know you can always say, well, yeah, the, the word of God is there for that. You know, and that's true. That's the primary way that that happens. And, and things can be revealed to you in prayer and through fasting. And also just in everyday life. Things can happen and he directs your paths. And then the last verse, be not wise in thine own eyes. So a lot of this also implies humbling yourself before God. Um, the Bible says, to this man will I, will I look to him, you know, that have a meek and contrite spirit and trembleth at my word in isaiah so that's the type of person god looks to meek doesn't mean weak though meek is just another um is like a biblical context for humility toward god humility toward god is also connected with the fear of god and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, knowledge. The angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them. So there's also blessings connected there. And if you think about it, fearing God um, is connected with humility. Because if you fear God, you will be humble before him. Whereas pride is the opposite of the fear of God. A proud person typically will not have a lot of fear of God in him. Unless God instills it in him or her um because a proud person thinks they've got it all figured out they they're you know they're like the rich man that stored up all these things and said ah, i've got all this stuff and you know now i'll take my ease and this and then god comes along and says thou fool this night will i require your life you know he had no fear of god he thought that the bible talks about a rich man a rich man's strong tower is his wealth, his riches, you know. But the strong tower of a Christian 
is God, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about under the shelter, in some verses it says under the covert, of thy wings will I make my refuge until these calamities be overpassed. And I really see a lot of calamities on the horizon. <laughs> a lot of calamities. This is like, although it's it's getting more horrific by the day, we still haven't really experienced. Now, I'm talking about in America. There's other countries where you go to the Middle East and they don't know whether they'll be live to see the next day with all the Muslim savage maniacs running around wanting to behead Christians and kill them. Of course, I think they've imported a ton of them over now here into Germany and, and, and into Europe and, and now coming to America, you know. But depending on the area of the world you live in, this could be a big time reality or you might have that's all you might have ever known, you know. Is this life or death Christianity? Where it could cost you your life to be a Christian. So be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. And here we go with the fear of the Lord. And depart from evil. And the fear of the Lord is also connecting with departing from evil. Because if you, if you do fear God, you're going to have a lot less tendency toward evil. Because you know, you fear God, what God would do to you doesn't mean that we walk around in sinless perfection either we should strive for 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 that but it doesn't mean we're going to be walking around in sinless perfection the bible says in john 1 that if we say we have no sin the truth is not in us we deceive ourselves you know does it give us a license to sin we don't we don't use that liberty for an occasion in the flesh as the bible talks about or we should not obviously do that but everything's a balance really i see in the bible it's a balance, you know, and a, a lot, I think a lot of cults, that's how they get started. They'll, they'll hammer certain verses, take them out of context, use a false version of the Bible, like the Jehovah Witnesses have their New World Translation. But before the Jehovah Witnesses started using that version, they literally had a King James that they would mark the words out with. If you, it, and I've seen like examples of old, Jehovah Witness Bibles that were King James where there's, you know, I'm sure probably whole verses marked through. Oh, this doesn't apply, you know. And then they always have their extra biblical stuff like the Watchtower magazine, which is supposedly angelically inspired, even though if it supposedly is angelically inspired, I don't know why they predicted the end of the world wrong on like three or four different occasions. And that's what I always bring up to Jehovah Witness people. They don't have an answer for that. <clears throat> if I ever encounter them, they don't have an answer. And I would not bring them into your home. The Bible says don't, don't bring these people into your home or bid them Godspeed lest you be partakers of their sins. I wouldn't bring a Mormon into my home or a Jehovah Witness. I would not bring, it's like bringing a, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like bringing a cursed object. You don't want their material in your home. It's cursed. I'm telling you, you don't want it. Now, meeting them on some type of neutral ground, if you want to, if you feel, yeah, fine, that's, that's fine. But bringing them into your home, I think, is a whole other deal. Bringing cursed objects into your home, whole other deal. Got to be real careful with that stuff. You know, because you can bring a curse on yourself and you, you don't know it. Because it's not like whatever you're bringing in says, Hi, I'm cursed and I'm going to make your life <laughs> a living you know what. You know, you just don't, it doesn't come that way. You, you don't see the spiritual baggage attached to it. 
with what you're bringing. I don't recommend you bring satanic Bibles in your home to do research. You know, all this stuff is online, most of it. And, you know, literally, the last time when I was back in Florida and we had a, a, a home church, and I want to call it home church because I'm not a pastor, but just a home doing what I'm doing now on a Sunday with some believers. And the, the gentleman, Doug, um, they took this trip up to Chicago and he had been kind of, you know, really looking at all these esoteric, oh, I want to know about all the Madame Blavatsky stuff so I know how to battle it and all this other stuff. I'm like, Doug, man, I, I'd be real careful with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess around with that. And he started bringing the stuff into his house. And then he went all, they, they, they were from the Chicago area, so he went up there and uh, um, they, were, they went to the Theosophical Society. Okay, which is what Madame Blavatsky started back in the 1800s. It's basically Luciferianism, you know, in its earliest modern form. And he came back with all these books from Madame Blavatsky. Uh, Isis Unveiled and all. I'm like, whoa, Doug, I would highly caution you, tell you, get rid of those things. If you want to research something, you could probably find the text online. And I don't know why you got to know all that garbage. You want to listen to me. It wasn't more than probably a month where we just started, I don't know, we were not. You could tell they were really frustrated with me. They wanted, when they ended up leaving, they said, we wanted more of a Sunday experience, like a typical church. I'm like, I, I, you know, you know I'm a watchman. I'm not a pastor. I never claimed to be. You know, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna totally um, stop my ministry and alter it to please you because all of a sudden you have this inclination that this is what you. I get it. If that's what you need, I understand that it's biblical. That is biblical. Problem is, is where are you gonna go? That's not five hundred one c three. That's not yoked up with the government. That are using. A King James Bible that haven't brought in every pagan holy day, hell a day, into their church and rebranded them as Christian. And the, we could thank the Catholic Church for all of that. I mean, it could go on and on and on, you know. But I never saw him again. And we were really close. We were good, good friends, you know. His wife and me and, and my, you know, Taylor too. But it all started when he brought those books into his house. And he did not heed what I was saying. And I wasn't doing it in a condemning way, like, thus saith the Lord, and I am so much better than you, Doug. And no, I, I didn't do it in that way at all, trust me. I was like trying to be low key about it. I was trying to be like, hey, brother, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, this is a cursed object. You've got to be able to agree with me on this. I mean, come on. Isis unveiled Madame Blavatsky. I mean, she was the one that literally was like the 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 one that started all of the stuff with the modern day automatic writing movement, where demons would come into people with Alice Bailey, and they would dictate whole books, and and the the re revamping of modern day Luciferianism, which leads us right into to uh, Devil Betraya, who's known as Lord Betraya, who's sponsored by the UN, who says he is like 
becoming a weighted savior. I've done tons of teachings on them. It started with Blavatsky and the Theosophical Movement. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't go back before her, but I'm talking about the modern day underpinnings of all of that stuff. Modern day Satanism. Aleister Crowley. It, a lot of it started with her. So, anyway, I really got off on a tangent there. Um, let's go ahead and... Um, but you never know who might need to hear that because I have said stuff like that before, but, you know, it might have been a while. I might have some new listeners and never heard that, you know, and um, maybe they needed to hear it. So anyway, uh, first report. Scalia murdered. Sealed his fate four days before his death, with a question mark. Four days before he died, Supreme Court Justice Scalia voted to stall Obama's plan to force drastic climate change rules on the American economy. The vote was 5-4. This man was assassinated. He was assassinated. I've seen enough at this point to 100% believe he was a and we're going to look at it today. We're not going to look at it unbelievably in depth because the reports are out there. I give you the links if you want to explore this more. I totally believe the man was knocked off. And I'm not saying, I mean, he was a hardcore opus die Catholic. I'm not saying that, that, you know, he was a saved Christian, but he appeared. Now, granted, I don't know, maybe, that, maybe that's a total facade too. He appeared, though, to have, um, to be, and I don't know how he's ruled on every single thing ever, okay, so somebody could come and say, yeah, but he did this and he did, okay, okay, point taken, but what I'm telling you, though, is what he was against, okay, aside of anything else that he might have believed, which I don't know all of his beliefs, other than Opus Dei Catholic, hardcore, okay, on that one, um, he was an absolute thorn in Obama's side. Obama hated this guy. We're going to prove that as well. And he, the Supreme Court Justice Scalia voted to stall Obama's plan to force drastic climate change rules on the American economy four days before he died. Obama said finally, he's like, okay, it's enough. This guy's going to die. This is what we're getting into pre, pre-Hitlerian, pre-World War II stuff where Hitler starts killing his enemies off. It's no different. It's no different at all. And acting like it was natural causes. And the climate change thing is literally the coming backbone for the New World Order. It's the, it's the literal backbone for the coming, quote, Hunger Games-like world they wanted to bring us into. Move you into the cities, stack and pack, 100 square foot apartments or whatever. <laughs> and tax into oblivion, work for the government, be totally dependent on the government, can't go out into the wilderness, no more freedom, no more liberty. Climate change is the backbone for all of that. Man-made global warming, even though we're going through like a cooling phase. All trumped up lies on that end regarding that. Cooking the books... I've proven that, well, not me, but just the studies that are out there proving that over and over again. It's all a big lie. Any Anything the New World Order is going to push, you know it's a lie anyway. Just see whatever Obama's pushing, you know it's a lie. 
With Scalia now gone, the vote would be 4-4. With a new Obama Supreme Court appointee, though, if Obama could ram his choice through, the vote would be 5-4 in the president's favor. And I'm telling you, the climate change thing, and we're going to talk about this later, we're talking not only all of the other stuff that I said about the control of the masses, but we're talking trillions of dollars at stake. You, you don't think that it was worth enough effort to knock him off with the trillions of dollars at stake, as much as a thorn in the side as he's been to Obama anyway? And then it goes on to say, ditto if the next president shares Obama's position. Um, well, in other words, ditto, meaning if the next president did, if they waited to appoint another Supreme Court justice, if the next president shares Obama's position, would be Hillary. Okay. Um, most likely. I mean, unless the burn dog gets in, which I don't think that's going to happen. Um, they're, I believe they're rigging the elections for Hillary anyway. I mean, Bernie Sanders has all these, he has way more people showing up for his stuff. But even then, they're going to illegally rig the vote. And I've been talking about the whole vote rigging thing for a long, long time. I put out links on that. I mean, we're talking over 10 years. And I, I, I've probably known, I mean, I've known about it for a good 20. Their ability to rig votes in America, especially with electronic voting. The Diebold machines and all the scandals with that. And I mean, it's it's pretty easy. But um, if it's if it's even halfway close where they can they they'll they can they can do that pretty easily it's going to be tough though if trump gets in as as the one that's opposing her because he's had a lot bigger turnout they're they're having a very low turnout even for the democratic elections comparatively with um trump in the republicans they're having and it's going to be tough if you have massively overwhelming crowds turning out for trump and then this horribly low turnout for Hillary. It's going to be tough for the New World Order to rig this vote. You know, you can only be so flagrant. But then again, with Obama at the helm, who knows? You know, uh, um, anyway, let's go further. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, tr- Trump, Trump is beyond on a narcissist i mean my word trying to listen to this guy speak listen a lot of what he's saying i agree with i mean i think we all would close the borders you know shut down illegal immigration stop the muslims from coming in uh you know defund obamacare i mean are any of us going to disagree with that he's the only one that's been that vocal by far and then i look at who the establishment is pushing who is the establishment, and I don't mean establishment, the, the establishment political are pushing Rubio. But the establishment Christian, quote, 501c3 Christians are pushing Ted Cruz. That's who they're pushing. So I always look at, okay, well, I know they're yoked up with the government. I know they're yoked up with the FEMA and the clergy response teams. I know that they sit here and ignore all the beheading and all the travesties that Islam is causing all in the world. 
over in the Middle East and now in, into Germany, into Sweden, all the rapes. And I know they just ignore all of that establishment Christianity pretty much for the most part. And so who are they, who are they saying though? Who are they saying? Well, uh, Glenn, Besk, Glenn Beck is, is fasting now for Ted Cruz. He's fast. He's calling his listeners to fast for Ted Cruz. So I'm looking at who the establishment Christianity is pushing. I don't trust them either. It's not like I tr trust Trump either, though. I mean, I, I, I'm just kind of thinking out loud about the whole thing. There's just nobody that's being as radical regarding statements and, made and about what they Iowa will stop weekend. down. You're going back? Yep, I'm going back. I don't care if I have to walk and walk the route and knock on doors. This is Glenn Beck. I'm doing it. Because I, we, there was a long deliberation about this because you've never endorsed anybody. And we, I think we are in... I think this is it. Glenn Beck, Mr. Mormon Man, okay, who wears his skull and crossbone belt buckle. And, I mean, I could do... And I've done several teachings on Glenn Beck the devil that Glenn Beck is okay Mr. Morality Mormon man and and so I'm supposed to think he's hearing from God telling me that he's gonna fast for in his listeners are to fast for Ted Cruz and again I'm not endorsing Trump either I'm just saying I'm, I'm, I'm just like I said I'm thinking out loud here about all of these things that I'm trying to analyze with hopefully a biblical worldview is that the reason? Just, it's yeah, just I think this is it. You felt like you had to take a stand on this one. Yeah, I, I, I really think this is. Look, you know what's really amazing? If you read, if you read history, if you read the Bible, how many places, Pat, does it talk about in the Bible where they're like, and the people were crying out for a king, and God's like, you don't want a king, you don't want a king, and the prophets were like, don't want a king, don't, 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 you don't want a king. Yeah. But the people cry out for a king. And here, here he is sitting here wearing his magic Mormon underwear, which is what they're required to do as Mormons, okay, with all kind of occult markings on them. And I'm going to get a Bible lesson from Glenn Beck, who's in a cult himself. I mean, Mormonism is a total cult. Key and Mormon in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. You know, you learn about Joseph Smith and the angel Moroni that had first appeared to him and had these golden plates, which was basically the foundation for Mormonism. He was, he was a high-level Freemason and basically took the um, Freemasonry and repackaged it into the Mormon religion. And they have all of this secret stuff they do behind curtains and all this. And it's repackaged. It's, all it is is repackaged Freemasonry. And Bill Schneblin got into this in his thing. He was he was a Mormon. He was a high level witch and a Mormon. He, and that's that's where he retreated to. When um, he lost all of his witchcraft powers because there was a lady that had saw him write his dues to the First Church of Satan. And when he got the canceled check back, it said on there, "I'll be praying for you in Jesus' name." And he said from that point forward, he lost every bit of his powers. <laughs> one, uh, we know it was one, maybe it was several people praying for him. He lost all of his powers. Big Mr. Warlock. He said, I was the most, one of the most powerful warlocks in all of Eastern Michigan. Lost all of his powers overnight. And 
he always was told if you ever get into problems, go to the Mormon, retreat to the Mormon church. It's a safe haven for witches and occultists if they get into trouble. That's what he did. So he went in there and he he rose to the ranks so unbelievably quick because he was already like some kind of weird 90th degree Freemason. And, and, and he knew all the rites and rituals. So he like rose like a, you know, had to wear the magic Mormon underwear. You know, basically knew all the stuff ahead of time because he was adept at when they, this is what they are. It's, it's a pagan idolatrous cult. So I always look at the source of something if I'm going to perceive that I'm getting a morality lesson somewhere. And this is what I have to look at with Beck. And it always ends in their destruction. And, and here we are. We're at that place to where this guy's got his own, this guy's got his own throne. I mean, he'll come with his own golden chair. Um, and the people are... Oh, so I guess he's talking about Trump. <laughs> crying out for a king. They're doing it. They've already did it with, with Barack Obama. That's what we have. We have a king. And now the people on the right. So now you've got probably, what, two-thirds of the American people not agreeing on the same... So we should pray and fast for creepy... Cre and I'm sorry, the guy's creepy looking, if you ask me. I can't even understand a look at him. Creepy Ted Cruz to rule over us. I'm sorry, that guy creeps me out. And I'm not saying Trump doesn't. I mean, he's so narcissistic and full of himself. My word. I'm not saying there's any biblical answer here. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sitting here advocating for Trump. I'm just saying, for as far as a biblical answer goes, they act like they have the solution. Let's pray and fast for Ted Cruz because he's obviously the answer. We can't let Trump in because he's got his own golden throne and all this other rigmarole. And I ask, are you really hearing from God, Glenn? If you were really hearing from God, wouldn't you think the first thing he would tell you is to get out of the cult that you're in and stop endorsing it? And taking other people to hell through your false works-based devil death cult? King, but two-thirds of the American people agreeing that we should have a king. This is it. This is the time that we say, this is the time that we all worked and, and, and said we care about the Constitution. We care about the founding. Our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. I mean, this is not good for my business. This is not good for my business. Whatever that means, but not it good. it is good for my children. It is good for our future. It is good for the... Con anyway, I, I don't even know what he's going to get. I wasn't even playing on... That's totally off script there, but... Um, let's go back to the, to the report here. I'm really getting off on tangents today. Um, sorry about that. So... Um, it says, and the climate change agenda would roll ahead if they got the votes in the Supreme Court to let this go through. Scalia's gone. Okay. Obama's threatening to put in like Loretta Lynch or Eric Holder or somebody. I mean, one of his total satanic lackeys to get in there and just to be as liberal as you could even possibly imagine. And a lot of the Republicans that are, would be in control of that are acting like they're not going to fight him on this. And, and I, I think this is one thing that we would definitely want to vigorously oppose. And, and, you know, like I said, if the new if the new World order sees there's no resistance to something they're trying to put into play, if they, if they see there's no pushback at all, 
And if there's no prayer going up is the most important thing, that gives them the green light to go ahead with their nefarious plans. If there is no pushback from the Christians about this, and Obama's able to go through and put in a liberal Supreme Court justice that will rule the way he... I mean, I, uh, it's bad. It's really, really, really bad. And I'm not saying that's our hope. I'm not saying that's... that's our, but it's just one more step down to hell. Is what I'm saying here. And I mean that figuratively, but, you know. It's one more step in the unbelievably wrong direction for America. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And then it goes on to say we're not talking about small climate change rules. We're talking about the big ones. And note, such rules could very well dovetail with the Brave New World spelled out in the upcoming TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, it's a squeeze play, a pincher movement featuring new EPA climate change regulations on one side and new draconian possibilities embedded into the TPP on the other. If Scalia was murdered, the above agenda was sufficient reason because the climate change agenda has the force to transform life on the planet like probably no other thing. You know? Because we're talking about taking away your freedom, your liberty to move about and travel taxing you into oblivion forcing you off your property abolishing private private property ownership devaluing the money i mean you're talking every possible draconian george orwell big brother 1984 situation you could imagine that's what we're talking about here and that was more than enough excuse for them to knock scalia off um, if Scalia's murder were a movie, he would have been told as a warning, you have no idea how big this thing is. You really don't understand the forces you're messing with. Of course, most Americans don't believe a political murder along this line could happen in real life. They can only accept it in a movie where it makes perfect sense. That tells you something about the double-minded nature of the public mind. Adrenaline driven in front of a screen, tranquilized and programmed to be passive and accepting of recognized authority otherwise. Obama's climate change plan uses the EPA to act out international agreements signed at the recent Paris summit, but in order to, yes, scam these agreements into force in the U.S., the EPA has to stretch and bend and distort already existing U.S. law, and it has done so. However, a number of states have sued to stop the EPA, which wants to make all states cut CO2 emissions from electrical power production by 32% in the next 15 years. Aim mainly at coal burning plants, these regulations would create deep reductions in the overall U.S. energy supply and output, a primary mission of the economy wrecking Rockefeller globalists. And again, this is another thing. I mean, Trump's saying we're gonna, we're gonna, we're not gonna do this stuff. We're not gonna make bad deals with China. We're not gonna make this stupid deal we made with Iran. We're we're gonna, you know, and he's going against every almost every major thing on a global scale i'm talking about here maybe I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions but some of the big ones some of the really really big ones and you know there's a lot of chatter saying that how can they let this guy live if he keeps doing what he's doing you know because if he wins the nomination it looks like he's going to 
and he goes up against Hillary. I mean, you know, I don't see how they're going to rig it. Maybe, maybe they'll figure out a way. I don't. But to let him win and get into the White House, I don't know. Unless he's a total liar and is going to get in there and not do a thing that he said. Unless he's a total liar and let's say, as soon as he gets in the White House, we go into World War III and now he's martial law. Now he's in there for life. Now we're going to suspend the Constitution. All bets are off. Maybe that scenario. The Simpsons did predict him as the president. Now, you know, some cartoon? Yeah, some perverted cartoon, The Simpsons predicted him that he would be the president and the simpsons has predicted a lot of things 9-11 a lot of they just the, the family guy thing i just saw a cartoon the other day a clip from it that perverted disgusting pig of a show family guy predicted that dick cheney killed scalia or shot him through the heart on a hunting accident and i believe it was in texas I mean, it, it predicted that before it ever happened. Now, granted, what was that indicative of? I don't know, but all I can say is it did predict this. In fact, I was going to put this out. Um, I think I'm, I'm just looking for the link to that because, or maybe I already put the link out there. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. Family Guy, 2006 Family Guy episode predicted Anton Scalia would be killed on a hunting trip. And it was the government that did it. I mean, Cheney did it. One of the most evil, wicked men that's ever walked the planet, Dick Cheney. I don't advise you ever read it. Because it's really, really a disgusting book. Okay? From the standpoint of the depravity and particularly the sexual depravity of people like dick cheney and uh a lot of these different congressmen reagan was in there too you think he's a saint clinton and it was from an mk ultra mind control slave kathy o'brien i believe it was called transformation of america i read it a long time ago oh horrific i doubt it's even in print it's probably online though a lot of these books you can find online in pdf format i don't think she's lying i'm sorry there's been too many other mk ultra sexual mind control slaves that have come out and basically mirrored what kathy o'brien said and dick cheney was the worst of the worst of the worst of the depraved sick individuals out there Mr. Darth Vader, that I don't even think he has a heart anymore. Probably turned black and rot out of his body, his carcass. He's on some thing he carries around that literally keeps him alive. He has, he, he doesn't. His heart's like gone. It's like this thing that that constantly keeps his blood flowing. And he could turn it on and off. He did an interview where like turned it off for a second or whatever. And he's the guy that killed in this family guy episode scalia on a hunting trip so that was predicted in 2006 on a family guy episode 
they always telegraph their punches typically. I've talked about this for years. There's a whole section in my 2006, um, well, it's online and it's also on DVD, Avion Flu Killer of Millions presentation that I did in Topeka, Kansas, where there's a whole section on this, how the Illuminati telegraphs their punches prior to cataclysmic events. It's a Kabbalistic luciferian principle where they have to warn their enemies of their impending doom in order for it to be fair some kind of luciferian fairness so that when you know they can always say well you were forewarned type of thing anyway i'll i'll give you the link in fact i think the family guy link is in not only the next newsletter i'm sending out uh, but also this one that i'm going over right now um so yeah, that was already predicted. Scalia's death. I mean, of all people, in a Family Guy cartoon, they pick out one of the Supreme Court justices on a hunting trip in Texas? That's where he died. And they've got heart attack guns, and they've had this, and in, 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 I mean, again, I'm not endorsing Alex Jones, but he played the previous footage of hearings they were holding where they talked about these guns that they can shoot you with, and they hardly leave any kind of entrance wound, and you appear to die of a heart attack. And this is like 1970s whatever technology. You appear to die of a heart attack, which is what they supposedly said, even though when they found him, he had a pillow over his head. Which was probably a warning to anyone else thinking about going against the New World Order, a not-so-subtle mafioso-type warning. You know, like in The Godfather, when the guy wakes up and there's a horse head at the foot of his bed. I'm not saying watch The Godfather. I'm just saying he was warned in the movie, politely warned, and he wound up with his $600,000 horse head at the foot of his bed. His, his prize horse, the big movie producer that wouldn't give the guy the part. Or Luco Brasi, when he goes and tries to get intel for the Corleone family, and they strangle Luco Brasi and they send his bulletproof vest back with fishes wrapped in it. And this says, this means Luco Brasi sleeps with the fishes. It's a not so subtle warning to the Corleone family, don't mess with us. Him having a pillow over his head is, I think, something very similar to that dynamic. It's my theory, but, you know. So going further here. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court, four days before Scalia's death, with his vote, declared a narrow five to four halt on the Obama plan, which was probably the, bro the straw that broke the camel's back with Scalia, okay, with them deciding on kill him, uh, pending a lower court decision on the issue. Remember, trillions are in the balance with Scalia's one vote trillions and it and really it's just not even that though it's the absolute literal hellish control grid that will be set up as a result of these climate change things being rammed through what life will become like the big brother aspect of everything is part of this The 5-4 vote didn't knock out the plan, but it stalled it. And if Scalia had stayed alive, his vo vo vote going forward on the Obama plan could have remained crucial. So they had to kill him. The pending TPP, which is another globalist trade treaty, 
contains a section that allows endless changes. It allows endless changes. Nothing's in, nothing's real. It's, it's just all subject to change. How convenient for Satan. Endless changes and additions as the, in the text as the years pass. In other words, the pa passion for cutting energy production for the U.S. and the rest of the planet, and when they cut energy production, then what they do is they charge you double, triple, quadruple for the same energy, which is another way they're just bleeding us dry and annihilating the middle class, typically, until you're all dependent on the government because nobody has any money left other than the ultra-elite, and then there's just the ultra-poor. That's what they're trying to create. So what they're creating with the open borders, with the Muslims coming in, with the illegal aliens, with all the jobs they've moved overseas, with everything they're doing to destroy the economy, the low gas prices that Saudi Arabia is flooding the market with, with all this oil because the gas prices, creating these super low gas prices, which eliminates the oil production for a lot of America because it's not even worth it to pull it out of the ground. That's all by design. You could go on and on and on, all the ways they're trying to destroy the country. Give, giving the money, giving the land away to like the Chinese, which had a lot to do with the Eamon Bundy thing, with that land out in Oregon, had uranium on it, and one other thing, lithium, I think. Give it away to the Chinese, give it away to the Russians, give everything away, destroy America, annihilate America. It is a thorn in the New World Order side, particularly the middle class. Why all this is being done, primarily. And the church, for the most part, on these issues that I've brought up, will, for the most part, sit silent because they don't want to jeopardize their 501c3 tax-exempt status. Which, coincidentally enough, Trump said if he gets in, he would, uh, he would do away with that whole thing about limiting free speech for the church. Whether he'd actually do it, I don't know. But he's the only guy I've ever heard say such a thing. you know. But the thing is, is for me, it's like, well, yeah, but they're the one that entered into the contract with the government. They voluntarily chose that. You know, they, they voluntarily chose to let the IRS and the government, the corporate U.S. corrupt government, form them. And if you have the power to form something, you have the power to destroy it. They entered into that. That's not the government's fault. They took the bait. You know? So, even if he did that to me, it's like, well, yeah, but still, they're the ones that did it. And then you have the the FEMA and the clergy response teams and, and the government yoking up with the churches through that. This big, non-disclosed list of thousands of churches in America that are literally yoked up with the government through FEMA and Homeland Security forming clergy response teams that will tell you when things get bad, submit to the government, obey Romans 13, 1, or Romans 13, basically, submit to the government, Hitler's favorite verse, the government is good, it's created of God, therefore you have to obey it. All government's created by God, which is not what the Bible says. And it when it's a force for good, okay, obviously... We're not dealing with a force for good. We're dealing with FEMA and Homeland Security in the Obama administration. We're dealing with increasingly pure evil by the day. But that's what the, the clergy response team is designed to do. They're, they're telling their, their, their uh, parishioners that anyway. Now already. We're going to look at that near the end of the study. 
So the church isn't pushing back on this because they're lukewarm, like the Bible talks about in Revelation 3. They're not going to take a stand against evil. They're not going to reprove the unfruitful works of darkness and have no fellowship with them. They're not going to obey those biblical commands, which is typical, you know, for the day and age we live in. Because the church would have the power if, you know, obviously if it mobilized and, and people got right with God and repented and the pastors repented of this yoking up with the government and, and yoking up with all these worldly programs and using all these false Bible versions and things of this nature, yoking up with big pharma, telling you to get your vaccines, obey your MD. I could go on and on about that. But I don't see that happening. Anyway, uh, let's go forward here. So there are trillions in the balance here. The, the pending TPP, which is another globalist trade treaty, contains a section that allows endless changes and additions. We, we've already covered that. Um, in other words, the passion for cutting energy production for the U.S. and the rest of the planet can easily be expressed and ratified by member by the member nations. The TPP also reveals a hypocritical attitude toward the humanitarian goal of saving the planet from CO2 death, even though that's what plants run on. Plants have to have CO2 in order to thrive. Okay, that's what you have to have. Major corporations that burn coal and employ other ways of releasing CO2 can relocate to far-off lands, according to the TPP, like Vietnam, and spew CO2 their, to their heart's content, even though I'm not even going to demonize CO2. I'm saying, but they could do it and then be literally really seriously polluting, let's say there's no restrictions on that, in foreign lands, without messy environmental controls, which just shows you the hypocrisy of it all. They don't care about saving the world they don't care about that. It's all about control and money. In other words, the true underlying globalist scheme via climate change has nothing to do with the messianic rescue. Rescue. It has to do with lowering energy production, driving further economies into despair, moving more jobs out of industrialized countries, creating further poverty and chaos. That's what it's all about. And then bringing in the new world order behind that, a one planet under one planet, one world system under the tight reign of a one world political and economic management system. That's the true meaning of the climate change agenda. On top of all this, the entire man-made warming hypothesis is riddled with fraud and guesswork dressed up to look like United Nations science. A hypothesis is supposed to be able to make useful and specific predictions. The warming hypothesis is a dud in this regard. It was never meant to be science. It was always a strategic strategy designed to cut energy production on the planet torpedo economies, heighten human suffering, and usher in elite, the elite globalist triumph. Absolutely. And to bring us into the new world order, and to bring us into the one world government under the Antichrist and false prophet into, this, into the tribulation period. That's what it's all about. This is what Justice Scalia was going up against. If he was murdered, there was sufficient reason. Oh yeah. The FBI can do two kinds of investigations, depending on the orders of the Attorney General. Heavy or light. Heavy means leaving no stone unturned. It means taking control of Scalia's body now and doing whatever can be done with it uh, in its embalmed state 
to determine cause of death. It means taking Judge Guevara over the raking Judge Guevara over the coals, along with the U.S. Marshals, to find out exactly how the verdict of natural causes was reached. Seeing that they they declined the autopsy. I mean, everything was just. I mean, <laughs> you could just tell from the very beginning everything was just corrupt about this supposed investigation. The illegal aliens that are dying over there in the desert, crossing over, they all get autopsies in the same region. But the Supreme Court Justice, one of the most important men on the, men on the planet, gets no, no autopsy, no nothing. You know, and Obama was just ecstatic over his death. You know, totally a satanic assassination. That's what this was. Um, also, it means raking Judge Guevara over the coals along with U.S. Marshals to find out exactly how the verdict of natural causes was reached. It means extensive interviews with everyone at the Poindexter Ranch, wall-to-wall forensic analysis of rooms and spaces at the ranch, and so forth and so on. And that's probably all too late for that now. Light me Well, it's not too late for all of it, but, you know. A light examination, a light uh, investigation would means to brush it off, to avoid any disruption in the, in the present scenario. So far from what I see, the FBI is doing a light investigation. Scalia's body should already be on an autopsy table. There continues to be no uproar inside the Beltway about this absurd, insane, useless declaration of death by natural causes. No, because they're all falling in line, circling the wagons, and they're going to just go along with it. And then other other reports read uh, from the same time period, Justice Scalia dies at ranch resort owned by Democratic Party donor and Obama award winner. And in the InfoWars team was down there and staying at the hotel, and this guy was incredibly hostile to them, basically. Nasty to them because he knew he ended up finding out who they were and was just you know guys just pure evil what better place to have an assassination like this take place you control everything it's way out in the middle of nowhere there were no locks on the doors you could lock it from the inside i guess with some little thing but i mean it was like it was real weird you know i mean this really exclusive place to stay I mean, I saw the drone footage. It was it was beautiful, but you know, perfect setting. You got the guy that owns it was a huge Democratic Party donor, an Obama Award winner. And then the next report was Judge was Justice Scalia murdered. Forget conspiracy theory. This is real. So a whole other report on this. You can click on these. They're in the PDF for uh, two twenty one, two thousand sixteen at contendingfortruth.com. Every report that i do every teaching that i do typically will have a full pdf as that i use as a template for the study that way you can go back and you can if you want to research more you can click on the links it's all free the audios are free the pdfs are free at contendingfortruth.com um the next one tell senators to block the president from packing the court and i would you know say this is something that you i would highly advise to do um, and it's, it's a link that you can actually go and tell your senators, you know, stop Obama from doing this. If there's not enough pushback, that gives the Illuminati the green light to go ahead with it. Um, and I know a prayer is the most important thing. 
okay, and educating others, but this is one other way that you can resist evil. Then the next one, Michael Savage says, was Scalia murdered? Uh, radio talk show giant calls for Warren Commission. This is serious business. Again, but there's, they're, they're not, they're not going to pursue this, obviously. Um, then Anton Scalia's death could mark the end of the Constitution. Yeah, it's that big of a deal. And then Barack Obama's thrilled over Justice Scalia's death. That's a whole other report. The animosity between Justice Scalia and the Obama White House was well known. Scalia considered the Obama administration to be a scourge upon the constitutional-based tenets of the American form of government. The Obama White House, in turn, privately viewed Scalia as a legal dinosaur who was horribly out of place amidst the ongoing further fundamental transformation the Obama administration was pushing for in this country. Scalia famously blasted the administration for such critical acts as Obamacare, illegal immigration, states' rights, and executive authority. And then the next report, Obama spends less than two minutes at Scalia's wake. Two minutes, Supreme Court Justice dies. He was thrilled over Scalia dying. And this just proves it. And then the next report, Obama will not even attend his funeral. He's not even going to go to his funeral. He went to the, the wake for two minutes and spent 15 minutes in another room talking to other people. Obama will not even attend the funeral. That someone of such low character, limited experience, and hatred for America could be the elected president. And I don't believe he was elected. I, 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 don't, I believe the elections are rigged. Anyway, of these United States is a testament to the power of the, the left wields in media, culture, and academia. Obama is a lowlife. That was their assessment of Obama. I couldn't agree more. And then Scalia declined a security detail while at the ranch. I mean, how dumb could you be? you got to understand you're totally in the crosshairs. you got to know how evil and wicked the Obama administration is. And you're going to decline a security detail when you're at the ranch? And then they say, another report, autopsy not necessary. Oh, of course not. Of course not. And then the next one, court... Uh, court and national politics are plunged into turmoil now. The Democrats are already fundraising off Scalia's death. That's another report. The NRA says gun rights are now in jeopardy. Yeah, that's another thing. Second Amendment, all the way, is totally in jeopardy now, Scalia dying. Then Scalia found dead with pillow over his head. Ranch owner recounts final hours of Supreme Court justice. We are told that the crimes are solved by asking who benefits the most and who had motive. Clearly, the Obama administration had a motive and benefited the most from Scalia's death. As was quickly pointed out by Matt, by, by Matt Drudge on the Drudge Report, an entire slew of cases with conservative causes that were to be argued before the court this year, including immigration, Second Amendment rights, and abortion, may now turn against conservatives with the death of Scalia. It was that big of a deal. There's nobody they probably, probably could have killed that, that it would have been a bigger deal than Scalia. I didn't even know the, the measure, the, the full magnitude of this. Could the assassination of constitutionalist Scalia be what helps the globalists ensure the completion of the New World Order and the long-planned overthrow of America? He was set to decide major, a major abortion case, voting rights case, affirmative action, immigration, and the climate change thing, and even more. There's a link to that report. That's what a big deal this was. So I would just say, you know, to just pray about it and to pray if it's God's will that justice would prevail her here and that these devils that are doing all of this be exposed. 
you know, because if it's his will, it could just be God's going to say, no, I'm going to let this happen. My church has chosen this. They're not, I mean, I'm the people that identify themselves as Christians in America. Okay. And they're lukewarm. They're not willing to, you know, fight for truth and justice and mercy. So I'm going to give them what they, what they got coming. I'm going to give them what they deserve. You know, so again, I think that's why Jesus, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, said, not my will, but thine be done. You know, but I'm always of the opinion of to cry out for righteousness, to cry out for truth, to cry out for true judgment. Because when those things leave the land, and you look in Isaiah and a lot of other places in the Bible, when true judgment, righteous judgment leaves the land, It is, it is a absolute horror story for the population that's left. God's judgment will fall. Wickedness will take over. And the Bible talks about God draws salvation unto himself. It's, in other words, people are not going to get saved in a country or in an environment where people have chosen to ignore and forsake righteousness, to forsake the word of God, to forsake truth. You, 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 you won't see a lot of people getting saved in that environment from a biblical standpoint, as far as I can identify reading the Bible. And I've went over all those verses in the past, but they're, they're in there. I mean, and a lot of those are in the Old Testament, too. So that's all I have for part one, and we're about out on time here, and I will go to part two next. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70, Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.